Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, this is it. It's the last shaky show of 2019. And Miracle Grow himself is with me, Greg Haynes, here in the stewards room at Brands Hatch. Six-time champion, of course. We never would have doubted that it was five or four or anything like that, although there was a bit of a joke going on over the week. But shaky bird, I have to say, it's exactly as you called it for BSB 2019. It's as though you've got a bit of knowledge in this subject. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny, isn't it? I remember our um, our first one of these was actually done with me sat in a car park over the phone in, uh, in <laughs> Sittingbourne and... Uh, I remember you talking through, you know, what I thought was going to come and how things were going to go and whatever else. And uh, I feel I feel pretty chuffed with the fact that I can sit here and uh, be correct. Um, obviously, there's uh, there's a lot of guys in the British Superbike Championship. There were, I think, there's only ever realistically a few that could be champion. Um, and certainly, as the as the showdown kind of draws to a conclusion that normally goes down to two three at best which is exactly what it done again this year um you know today the final day it was down to the two guys the pbm guys and you know i think that before we go to scott redding mad i think you know we should uh you know dock our hats a little bit to, to josh brooks because the only thing he could do to you know take the fight to scott was was win three races and that's exactly what he done this weekend um under a lot of pressure as well from both scott and tommy bridewell mm. um but yeah free free kind of faultless performances if you like well if you watched on eurosport or quest over the weekend you will know but just to remind you it was only five points in the end 697 for scott redding 692 for Josh Brooks and a shaky says three wins there but that team the PBM team your old team have won all of the showdown races doubles for Reading at Assen and Donington treble for Brooksy here at Brands Hatch on the Grand Prix circuit there was nothing more he could do was there I did wonder at some point whether we might have been able to do a bit of a Jonathan Ray from Assen earlier this year and back up the field a bit but even then there was a huge gap back from Reading to P5 wasn't there yeah and you know Josh has been in this game a long time you know yeah. he he will have known that um, yeah, he might have tried to, to sort of play a bit of a strategic race but around here on the GP circuit it it, um, it doesn't doesn't really work like that you know places yeah. like Assen where you can just kind of scrub a bit of corner speed in the middle of some of the corners where one corner leads into another you know you can kind of back the pace off a little bit but mm. still be still be deep enough on the break in places that nobody can pass and the lap time can just drop a little bit um, and obviously you know that that helps but um, yeah trying to achieve that here at Brands Hatch was uh, was always going to be tricky I think that uh as I said, you know, Josh did all he could do. He won three races. 
and you know unfortunately it wasn't enough I mean one of the things I think that uh, he must be kicking himself about a little bit and it's not even his fault is that at the beginning of the season you know he had those two mm. technical issues at the beginning of the year at Silverstone yeah. he had a crash at um, Donington whilst he was going really strong a little bit of a wobble I think it's fair to say mid-season there were a few tracks Snetterton particularly where you could just see from his riding and, and you know his body language on the bike that he wasn't comfortable couldn't find the setting he needed and you know looked to be kind of riding on marbles um, but then he turned it around again when he needed to and you know it almost came good eventually losing the championship to Scott by, by five points five points which I was just about to say funnily enough is the same number of podium points you score of course for a win isn't it in the main part of the season you had that crash at Alton Park as well just before the showdown then again it's not. It's easy for us to say, you know, if he if he'd done that, he would have won the championship. But Scott Redding would have read the situation differently, wouldn't he? He's managed the season, Shane, and the showdown in particularly, well, to perfection, really, hasn't he? He's come into this weekend. He's had seconds. He's had thirds. He's been up there. He's done exactly what he had to do. But revealing in the press conference in the media centre here after the race, he said lap two or lap three. He said I had a bit of a cracked exhaust. I was thinking, please, I don't want to get back flags. So he was panicking a bit. Josh was panicking a bit at the front. I guess it's one of those classic last race scenarios where you start hearing sounds and thinking, oh, please get to the end. Yeah, um, a bit of a crack in the exhaust is uh, <laughs> a slight understatement. Um, yeah. I, uh, I had a look at the bike after the race, but if he's already announced it, then yes, there was, uh, there was certainly a crack in the exhaust. It was quite uh, a substantial crack. I've not seen it. So, oh, it was quite a big one then, was it? Yeah, um, and I guess, I guess, like you say, you know, very, very lucky not to, uh, not to have been black flagged. Um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's funny what, what sort of, um, I don't know, I don't have to put this. Uh, sometimes things get let slide, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, it's been a fascinating championship, and it would have been, uh, it would have been devastating for it to have been, you know, to be concluded on a, on a mm, sort of mm. black flag or whatever. So. Yeah, as it as it turned out, Scott's champion. I don't even know if they're back in yet. We're just sitting here above the uh, start finish straight, looking down, and they were certainly all out about two minutes ago, having photos taken, and there was flame mm. flow throw of yeah, things going off, and uh, yeah, <laughs> just just great to see. You know, he made a proper spectacle of it. Um, his little celebration was fantastic. You know, he's thrown. Uh, getting up onto the getting up onto the podium, you know the guy's got some character, hasn't he? And I'm sure there's going to be a, a massive party later. Yeah, he's got. For those of you who don't know Brands Hatch, we've got the Thistle Hotel, which is now known as the Brands Hatch Hotel. It is literally a 30-second walk outside the circuit gates, and Scott's got a room reserved there for a massive party. We hear later. In fact, is that the uh, the beef eaters I can see out of our window, Shane? As we look onto the other side of the track, that we're carrying the throne. No, there's a reflection not. in the window. They are. They're the guys that kind of come around BSB. They go to some. BLT, that's it. Yeah, they're the BLT guys. We literally sat on the finish line, as Shaky said. We're um, on the inside of the track here in the stewards' room. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, it's amazing though the exhausting. Because I was chatting with Ernesto Marinelli in the press room earlier, who obviously now is with Terminioni Exhaust, ex Ducati man, uh, about how well things are going at the moment. Yeah, they've done a fantastic job. I mean, um, you know, these things are all uh, these things are all done. We'll be in waved out. I'm not sure who by, but um, I'm not sure uh, I didn't even think they'd be able to see in here. There's yeah, you, you and I. You're sat there do you know what if these people could see us or if you guys 
guys can see us while we're recording this, we're sat at the stewards' table. I usually get to sit here when I'm being told off for stuff, but um, yeah, Greg's holding this tiny little microphone up. And there's people <laughs> looking through the windows. Must be thinking, what on earth are those two doing? Because um, <laughs> we've got all the lights on in the room, and it's quite dark outside. Now. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Ernesto's come over, which is fantastic. You know, it shows the support that that Tervin you only put into you know to PBM and into um, the Oxford Products Ducati team as well. Um, you know, they've developed that exhaust for BSB because obviously the the noise restrictions here in BSB are slightly lower than the uh, the noise restrictions in, in World Superbikes. So World Superbike bikes are allowed to be a bit noisier. That's mm. why when you look at the, the factory World Superbike in, in WSB, the Acropovic exhaust is, is slightly different to the one that, that Terminioni have to run here. But Ernesto's a great guy. Obviously, he was the guy in charge at Ducati as, as the race team for, for mm. many, many mm. seasons. But he switched to Terminioni now and came over. And I just said to him a minute ago, actually, uh, there's another championship for you. So, uh, yeah, fantastic to see. Yeah, talking big names like that Andrea Dossoli's been here this weekend of course with Yamaha let's see what they'll roll out next year but it just proves let's go right back shaky to the beginning pre-season testing McCam's Yamaha were the big favourites weren't they Tara McKenzie Jason Halloran it just proves you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt they get out at Silverstone they have that infamous collision but it looked like you know they were the pace setters for the year Taran wins race two and the team didn't win another race for the entire season Jason Halloran's been injured of course several times at least two nasty ones but it just proves that pre-season testing doesn't really tell you anything. And that new Ducati has been a force to be reckoned with, hasn't it? Everywhere. Yeah, I think one of the things that's been um, been a bit different this year as well is the fact that pre-season testing has been taken yeah. out. You know, yeah. now the championship dictate that as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you go testing when they say you can test and that's now two days at one track I think and two days at another track mm. and that's obviously hindered some of the people that have got yeah. new bikes and you know perhaps don't have the the resources or whatever to, to get up to speed quite as quickly and um, I understand the lack of testing thing because obviously the less time the bikes are on track the less money it costs and blah 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 and that keeps the cost the, the cost of the season down and and you know for some of the smaller teams that's a, a bit of an advantage but I don't know what the uh, what the deal is regarding pre-season testing next year but you know, when you when you speak about Yamaha, Jason O'Halloran was fastest at all of the tests. Um, looked fantastic on the Yamaha. Looked like a match made in heaven, to be honest. I was really quite impressed with him at the beginning of the season. But mm. I don't think people realise quite how badly hurt he is. I think as soon yeah. as this this race was over, he's off to he's going to my surgeon actually, Professor Leonard Funk, who's one of the best shoulder doctors in the uh, in the country to to have like quite a complex operation done mm. on his shoulder because he really did some damage he hit it well it happened at the uh, the mid-season test at Alton Park uh, a little high side coming out of his I believe and landed yeah. heavily on his shoulder and done a lot of damage but he's rode with that damage ever since and you're right when you when you look at Taron he had the first win at Silverstone and hasn't won a race since but you know that's BSB I think that the the momentum that the Ducati's built very very quickly in this championship just kind of snowballed everything didn't it and Danny Buchan had a couple of wins or a win in the middle of the season didn't he and then two wins wasn't it in the middle of the season and then yeah, that, that's been the only other the only yeah. other manufacturer to win. Yeah, and our producer at Eurosport, Tim Fowden, was saying to us this morning, we were having a laugh, he said, we've got to remind ourselves next year that we shouldn't take for gospel what happens in pre-season testing or in the opening round at Silverstone because Jossie Elliott was leading the championship, wasn't he, leaving Silverstone? And obviously, he's since left the OMG team. 
OMG is going to BMW next year. But let's just go back to Scott Redding again, Shane, because he has won the title. He's off to World Superbikes. I heard Jack Burnicle mentioning in commentary that there's a test in Valencia uh, with Ducati this coming Tuesday, which will have been yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast as it goes out on Wednesday. He's not going to be in a fit state for that, is he? After the party he's got planned tonight. Yeah, he will be. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a fit lad, isn't he? You know, he'll, uh, he'll soon shake that off. He'll have a hangover <laughs> on Monday, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, Tuesday, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, they're testing in Valencia. Um, Scott's first test on the, on the, he's actually riding the development bike. Um, mm. Ducati have their own test team and the MotoGP guys will be there, uh, Michele Pirro as well. And Scott gets to ride the, the development bike for the first time. They got a load of new parts to fire at the bike. Um, should suit Chaz Davis as well, actually, because obviously Scott and Chaz are of similar kind of stature. Scott's yeah. maybe a tiny bit heavier, but you look at um, Chaz Davis and, and Alvaro Batista at the moment, and you've got two complete opposites, almost having like a, uh, an Elias yeah, and true. Ben Speeds, yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? And you got one guy that's really, really big and one guy that's really small, but Scott and Chaz, are, as I said, is fairly similar builds. So um, the parts that are coming will, will hopefully suit both of them very well. How would you have felt? I've got to ask because people will be wondering. How would you have felt if we were sat here now and Scott Redding hadn't been crown champion? But let's just say he'd had a problem in that last race or he'd crashed or whatever. Would you have felt he'd been a bit cheated? Because I know you felt all year he's deserved this title. I think he would have been cheated, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I've got to admit that Scott Redding's really impressed me this year. Really seriously impressed me because you know the persona that he puts across that he is um away from the racetrack you know he's like a, a Jekyll and Hyde character he yeah. you know he plays this joker you know this dumb young kid that's just yeah. you know Giovanni calls him a a, a muppet like with, with strings you know <laughs> he like just plays to any tune but in the garage he's such a dedicated and focused professional person it's unbelievable and Actually, the first time we uh, the first time we spoke, Stuart Higgs just acknowledged us to just down there in the in the pit oh, lane. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the first time he I, I actually spoke to him in the garage at Silverstone at the preseason test. I was kind of expecting the Instagram guy, but got something completely different. And it was from that moment on that I thought, you know what, he actually he yeah. actually wants this. Yeah. Um, He's this so methodical, isn't he? The way yeah. he thinks things through and then does what he thinks. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a, a joke or you know a, a year's money. This is somebody who wants to you know really sort of kickstart their career and, and get going again and it, it impressed me and, and it's not stopped impressing me you know the whole season long I think in all fairness I've seen him make one mistake which was a, a bad tyre decision here mm. in the middle of the year but I think the first time in all honesty I don't think he'll mind me saying this because I spoke to him about it last night but yesterday afternoon was the first time I've seen him look tense on the bike mm. there were there were lots of opportunities that he lined up passes on people you know for maybe seventh or eighth places or something like that when he was running around down there and went to make the move but backed out of it and that's not been Scott all year and I and I had a bit of a chat with him uh, last night and a, and a quick chat with him again today and I just said listen moments like these are, are, are what we what we live for the problem you've got at the moment is there's two races in front of you and two good finishes in those two races will deliver you a championship. Yeah. But you contemplating or trying to be careful or, or mm. thinking about that championship instead of the race that's right in front of you could potentially lead to the disaster for the for the championship itself. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no, I know, but it's so hard. And I said, mate, honestly, I don't mean to sound big-headed, but I've been there. I, I understand where you are more than anybody because yeah. I've been in that yeah. situation five or six times yeah. um, and often at this very track as well yeah often please just I know it's hard but 
treat it like any mm -hmm. other race. Just go out there and enjoy racing your motorbike. Because if you do that, you'll finish well. And if you finish well, you'll mm -hmm. become champion. Dwell on the fact that the championship's available and you'll tense up and you'll make mistakes. And you did that yesterday. You went, yeah, I know, I know. I did. Really? I felt nervous and I did this and I did that and I didn't feel this. And yeah, it looks like he, he settled in and, and enjoyed himself today. And, and now he's champion. Yeah, but he got a third, a second and a third and that's exactly what he needed to do. When we look back now, we'll say, oh, he did what he had to do. He got a podium in all of the races, but it's so much more difficult than that, isn't it? As you were just saying, Tommy Bride was at a solid weekend as well. It's exactly what you said in a recent podcast, I think, Shaky. Once the pressure was off and you knew really the title wasn't really on coming here, He's loved his racing, hasn't he? And he's, he's come very close to winning all three. He's ended up with two seconds and a third. But that's the most relaxed Tommy Bridewell we've seen all year, probably. Yeah, and you'd have to say, you know, going forward, Tommy Bridewell stands a very, very good chance of, of fighting mm. for the British Superbike Championship next year. You know, he's going to stay with the Motor Rapido team. Uh, it's going to be on the same bike. He'll get the same updates that the, the PBM team get. Um, they've got a year's worth of data behind them. And, yeah, you know... Tommy's got continuity for another year. I mean, this is unheard of. We never used to be able to talk about Tommy <laughs> Bribel like this, but it's fantastic. And he's matured and turned into, you know, really, a really nice lad, hasn't he? He's kind of mm. there doing his thing. He's played the whole underdog card really well. He's had a mm. win this year, you know, tried really hard in that last race today, actually, to, to make that two wins on the last lap with Josh, but uh, didn't quite make it. So, yeah, looking forward yeah. To, um, to seeing him out there again next year. There's some great banter actually between Josh and Tommy while they were waiting for Scott to come up to the press conference, which happens in the media centre here. It's a bit different to other championships. It's actually in the media centre with all the press there, which is nice. Uh, they had some great banter going on and Tommy said, yeah, your move on me was a little bit naughty when Josh closed his line and Josh said, well, yeah, it was actually, but I had a championship out to think about. But the respect between the two of them was really, really nice actually. And Josh Brooks seemed happy, obviously he's disappointed, but he seemed happy enough knowing he'd done all he could do with three wins here. Let's quickly talk about the rest of them. Danny Buchan on the FS3 Kawasaki. He's come out best of the rest. And in a season that's been dominated by this new V4 Panigale, Danny Buchan, fourth overall, that's going to do him no harm at all, is it? Looking forward to uh, 2020 now. That was a big year for Danny, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and for the FS3 team, you know, the Bournemouth Kawasaki team now look like they're going to disband um, after being champions, you know, last year. You know, it was only last year they won the title with Leon Haslam. And, yeah. This year has just been a torrid time for them and it looks like they're going to not necessarily fold and, and completely end, but um, certainly disband in a big way. But that means that FS3 have got the call up to become the official Kawasaki sort of factory team, if you like, and uh, they'll get the sort of support from, from Kawasaki UK. They'll get, you know, all the marketing and stuff will be based around them. Um, Danny obviously has had his win this year, which was great. And you'd like to think that, you know, that team's only going to, you know, grow and improve and, and, and get, you know, stronger as the as the season goes on. Christian Iden, another one, best of the rest, he wins the Riders' Cup and he's just basically said as well in that press conference, he's thanked the Tyco BMW team, they're not working together next year after four years together. Sounds like he's off to build Bay Suzuki by the sounds of it, according to the paddock. Just like you predicted though, remember when he pushed you hard, really hard here at the last round of the season a couple of years ago. He's had a good re a meeting, hasn't he? He's jumped ahead of the Honda guys. He's ahead of a Halloran, he's had his issues. And Iden, seventh in the championship, he actually said, Cheeky, Yes, he had the broken leg at Knock Hill, but he said he doesn't feel as disappointed to miss the showdown this year as he would have done in other years because he sort of knew with the way those Ducatis were, he wasn't going to be fighting for the title. But it's easy to forget that those BMWs arrived so late, didn't they? They had hardly any data, hardly any testing. We've had Hickman sixth in the championship with the Smiths team and Christian Eden, the Tyco team, seventh. Uh, by the way, Alex Olsen's been confirmed alongside Peter Hickman 
earlier today at 9.30 this morning as a Smith BMW rider for next year as well. But yeah, who knows what could happen with the BMWs as we move towards 2020. They've got all the data now. They will have testing. It's not going to be easy, but they're going to be even stronger, surely. They've got to be. You'd like to think so. I mean... It, it's not uh, it's not rocket science to see that 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 bike's been you know very very impressive this year you know forty eight mm. points clear of of Danny Buchan in uh, in fourth place in the championship there um, you know count up the Ducati yeah. wins and count up the wins for the rest of the manufacturers and you know it, it's fairly fairly apparent what's been the bike to be on this year but talking about the BMW like you say you know that's probably one thing people don't particularly get is that the the V4R Panigale, yes, it's a brand new bike this year, but they spent a year developing it as a world superbike racer before it came here and and was launched as a as a BSB bike. Whereas the the BMW itself was a brand new road bike that came out this year, and the teams have been developing it as the season goes on. One guy I'm looking at now, Peter Hickman, finished last in the showdown, but done a sterling job this year. You know, he said to me yesterday in the in the facebook live thing we do that he was just looking forward to to going actually to do some testing because all of the testing and development they've done so far with that bike has been done at a racetrack and there's only so much you can do whilst you're at a racetrack and obviously with the with the organizers putting the sort of ban on winter testing if you like you know where what what do you do sure that team along with new sign and alex olsen will be out and uh doing a little bit of testing before the winter's out just to, to give themselves some direction for next season. We've just been doing a bit of count-up there after what you said. 22 of the races have been won by the Panigale this year. 22 of the 27, I mean, and I'm going to get some stick for saying this, but I've got to talk about it because there's people, again, talking about what are they going to do to close the gap to the Ducati. Obviously, the others need to improve, but just looking at the gaps of the races this weekend, Ducati, 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 one, two, three in all races. It was nine seconds back to the first non-Ducati in the first race. Second race, seven seconds back to the first non-Ducati. And the third race, we've got the printouts here, it was 14 seconds back to the first non-Ducati. Now that for BSB is unheard of, isn't it, really? So is that just going to come down to the other manufacturers improving or is there going to be a bit of a tweaking of the rules, you think? Because it's always been pretty equal here in BSB, hasn't it? I don't know how much to say now because I don't know what I'll get taken out or whatever, but all I can say is if I was riding, I can pretty much guarantee there would have been some sort of penalty in, uh, put on the bikes. You know, no manufacturer should be able to win 22 of, of 24 races and, and that be deemed to be okay. Hmm. But look at the three guys that were on those Ducatis. That's true. Um, you know, look at the guy that's just won the championship. Look at his credibility. Josh Brooks really, in my opinion, at the, at the beginning of the season, should have been a championship favourite. He jumped on the bike that was clearly, clearly the best bike of the of the of the field this year, uh, with the most experience of the tracks, you know, with the most experience of the championship full stop, and you know, come up short by five points. Um, Tommy Bridewell carried a lot of momentum, mm-hmm. you know, took a win, a lot of podiums to Tommy this year as well. You can't say that he hasn't he hasn't deserved the results he's got, but like I say. For a bike to be able to win 22 out of 24 races, you'd have to think that um, something would have to be done for for next year because, yes, those three guys are fantastic, but Taron McKenzie's not a bad rider. Danny Buchan's not a bad rider. Joseph O'Halloran was fastest all through winter testing. Uh, Andrew Irwin won a race this year. Um, Who else have we got? You know, Brad Ray, he can win races. He's done a double before. You know, we've got the likes of Hector Barber. We've got Chavi Forres. We've got guys that are plenty fast enough to, Mm. to win races. But we haven't got guys that can that can take it to a manufacturer that's got something that that sort of nobody else has really had this year. Just quickly, because I can hear people screaming at me, just to equal this out a little bit. Let's look at the gaps between third and fourth, because that was closer. To be fair, 
Uh, so Reading was third in the first race. Iden was fourth. That was seven tenths, so that doesn't sound quite so bad, does it? Race two was bigger. It was still six and a half seconds between third and fourth. And then closer again in race three, but it's still 2.3. So there's definitely a gap there to the Ducati. There's no doubt about that. And we've seen that all across the season on all sorts of different tracks. Why be right when you can go left? Eurosport, the number one sport destination in Europe, has announced a new addition to its motorsport portfolio after signing a new five-year deal with the BSBA, the British Speedway Promoters Association, to screen British Speedway live in the UK. Starting in 2020, Eurosport will broadcast live on-site coverage from 18 rounds across the domestic SGP Premiership League season. Highlights from every round will also be available free-to-wear on channels Quest and DMAX, also part of Discovery's UK channel network. Viewers will also be able to stream all of the action live and catch up on demand via Eurosport Player. Available anytime, anywhere, on desktop and mobile. So, Speedway comes to Eurosport from 2020. What about you then? Because obviously you've worked with us at Eurosport before, but this has been your first full broadcasting season, hasn't it? You've been in the commentary box occasionally in some practice sessions, but mostly doing the punditry role, doing these podcasts. How have you found it? How have you felt you've developed over the year? I've really, I've actually really enjoyed my time. And the great thing about the, the Eurosport people is that there's not one single person in the team of which there's about probably 15 of us, mm-hmm. I reckon, that that you could consider, I don't really like them or I just steer clear of them or whatever. Like everybody gets on, don't they? And, and I think that yeah. comes across really well or I've been told it comes across really well on TV you know I, I basically stand and talk about the thing I love more than anything with my two mates and and essentially get paid to do that you know so how can it possibly how can it back you know possibly come across wrong or bad yeah it's uh it, it's difficult I, I still find it very very difficult especially on nice days you know daylight today when you see the guys going at it and look at the lap times and you can't help but think, well, you know, that's what I was doing back in whatever year and, you know, could I be winning? Giovanni assures me that all the work that was put into that V4 was meant to have been for, you know, for me, that was going to be my baby this year. So Mm. to see it come in and and win a championship and, you know, dominate in the way it has makes me a little bit sad that it couldn't have been me that was on it. I actually signed my two-year deal with Paul Bird back in 2016 because I thought we were getting the bike for that bike for 2018. Yeah. Um, That was the whole idea of the two-year deal to see one more year out in the v2 try to win another championship with that which we did but then we found out that we got to ride the v2 again in 18 not the not the v4 and that came this year so yeah i mean uh it's, it's difficult because i'd love to have a, a shot on that bike but then i'd love to be back on any bike at the moment whether or not that's going to happen it's kind of down to the down to the surgeons i mean certainly at the moment things are progressing a little bit skeletally i would say but you know there's there's Still plenty of issues for me to contend with, um, which make which make life a little bit tricky at the moment and make jumping back on a motorbike right this second, you know, pretty much impossible. It's amazing how fast the year goes, isn't it? Because I remember us chatting all through the year on these shaky shows, which have been great fun, by the way. I've got to say, it's been a pleasure to do them with you, whether it's in person or over the phone. As you said before, there's been a few over the phone or over Skype. 
But yeah, we were looking to September for so long, weren't we, in your important check. And now that's a month ago or over a month ago, it's October. Is there another one of those coming up now or is it going to be more of a gradual process? Yeah, we go back again in like January, February time. I think that uh, what we have planned now is some neuro type test. There's going to be some some more scans done and, and basically the people who might be able to explain why my brain doesn't tell certain parts of my body that it needs to work in the way it should mm. um it's a new neurology issue um okay. you know the damage that was that was done to my spinal cord has been really really severe and whilst there's potentially the chance for it to to correct itself they don't seem to be able to confirm how much of an extent is actually going to get any better because it's been a long time now in the, in the, with the same problems um, and they're not getting any better, worse, indifferent or whatever. So it's a little bit of a frustrating time for me at the minute. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I suppose, because you're not in control as a bike racer. You must be so used to being in control of your own destiny. At the moment, you're not really, are you? It's just a waiting game. Of, what did you call it? A holding pattern? Yeah, if I was an aeroplane, I'd be kind of doing big circles over the top yeah. of Heathrow or whatever, wouldn't I? But um, talking of big circles over the top of Heathrow, I've got to fly back to Barwell. We both have, haven't we? Yeah. We had a big, big, big problem on Friday because Greg and I both flew in from Barcelona, but uh, my wife dropped me at the dropped me at the airport and I went in super early just to, to try and avoid any problems but uh, my wife got stuck in the, uh, the Catalonia riots and uh, he had the motorway set on fire around there and diverted off onto these little lanes by the police and then the local farmers setting the roads on fire and oh, so was it eight hours to do a two-hour journey yeah eight hours to do a two-hour journey so I actually got to Barcelona airport <clears throat> like something like four hours ahead of my flight <laughs> sat there waited for you for an hour and a half or whatever it was um, <laughs> good things come to those who wait yeah unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um, then I flew back to the UK picked up a hire car drove home to my house in Kent mm. picked up my stuff to, to come here for the weekend turned around, drove back to Brands Hatch, and it was when I got back to Brands Hatch at about five o'clock UK time, quarter past five or whatever it was, that she texted me to say she finally got home. So she had an absolute mare, and as you can probably imagine, she's not overly relishing the uh, the prospect of, of coming to pick me up tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock from Barcelona. Yeah, <laughs> dear Petra, I feel for you. I hope it's all right. Yeah, by the time you're all listening to this, I will be somewhere on a plane, I guess, because I've got to get back to Barcelona on Monday late afternoon and then back out again towards Doha for the World Superbike round this coming weekend on Wednesday. Uh, you'll be in the studio, of course, back in London, our new look studio. That should be an interesting round. World Supersport in particular, of course, because there's a title to be won. It could still go to your Cluzel's way. You never know, do you? I noticed, by the way, Randy Krummenacker has come out earlier, I think it was today, and apologised to his team. But I suppose he sort of got to, hasn't he, after what he said last time? I mean, that was that was unheard of for, yeah. for a motorbike racer to come out with that live on TV. Yeah. Um, Such a strong way as well. I, I actually made a, a massive boo-boo. I'm not going to lie. What I did was... Yeah, we've had a, a six weekend on the bounce run, haven't we? And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's been six weekends of travel on a Friday, you know, race on a Saturday, race on a Sunday, travel back on a Monday. And that's what we've been doing for the last six weeks. Well, 
<laughs> we're on a we're on a little half term trip to to our place in Spain, and we travel back on Friday. Um, and it <laughs> dawned on me just last week that actually the, the Qatar weekend is a, a Friday Saturday weekend. So um, we're going to have um, Jack Kennedy, <laughs> British Supersport champion, twenty oh, really? time race winner this year. Wow. Jack Kennedy is oh, going right, to be in nice. the studio on Friday, okay. and then uh, I'll be in on Saturday after driving all the way up from uh, from Spain on Friday afternoon. Something I've heard here, I don't know whether it's gone out there yet, is that uh, Rory Skinner will be joining that. Appleyard team alongside Brad Jones to replace Jack Kennedy for 2020. That's a big opportunity. I'm not so sure on the Brad Jones bit yet. That's not, oh, right, that's okay. not done and dusted, but uh, okay. they're, they're hoping. I know that Brad Jones is actually going to be uh, chasing you on that plane out to Qatar because he's going to be riding mm. the, the Team Tote. Is it Team Tote? Yamaha? Ah, okay, is it? Um, right, yeah. So yeah, he's got a wild card <laughs> round on that bike, which would be good for Brad, but um, I think personally that, uh, you know, Bearing in mind what he's done, the kid's finished 23 times on the podium this year. That would be a title in most years, wouldn't it? Out of 24, but the problem is that the 23 (laughs) times he's finished on the podium, he's had to finish second, apart from one, to to Jack Kennedy. Um, Jack's just been absolutely incredible this year and uh, looking forward to to, to seeing and listening to his his thoughts and comments when he's in the studio. Talking of... uh, Wild cards. Look out for a young American who goes by the name of Dallas, who's going to be wild carding Dallas Daniels in Supersport 300 this weekend as well. Before we go, we've got a few thank yous, obviously, because I need to thank all of the guys back in Felton, which is now Chiswick, of course. Eurosport's had the big move in the last few weeks. Dan, Marcus, Pete, you are all tops. Thank you very much. We send these files across, all the editing that's gone on. Obviously, cutting bits out when Shaky swears, because you know what he's like. No, he doesn't really do you, Shaky. But honestly, guys, thank you very much. Johnny Booth, Kev Coulson, no longer with us on the team, but a lot of work went in and it hasn't gone and missed. And also just from us to everybody at MSV, TSL Timing, Televideo, all the Eurosport crew. And Shaky, we can't sign off without saying a special thanks to Juliet Phillips, can we? Because it was Jules who does all our replays, plenty of video editing. She's even been directing some of the support races for the Eurosport player and BSB Extra. And Jules will be missed, I am sure. I think she'll be back in the not-too-distant future. I like to think Jules is never going to be far away, but not quite as she has been recently. We're going to miss Jules, aren't we? An absolutely important part of the team and has been around behind the scenes. Just because we don't see her on camera doesn't mean there's not a lot of people working very hard behind the scenes and there's a lot of work still going on with season review programmes coming up. But, yeah, good luck, Jules. Exactly, yeah. Jules has been a great great person to work with, um, bubbly, friendly, you know, lovely lady. Like I said, there's, uh, there's probably a team of about 50, 15 or 20 of us that come to each of these rounds isn't there and you know you get to see unfortunately me James James and Matt and, and that's pretty much it on, on screen at the best of times but obviously yourself and Jack Burnicle in the commentary booth and you know a massive team Richard Coventry heading the whole thing up from the thing Tim Fowden our producer you know there's so many guys behind the scene that, that make this show happen it's just that it's a bit like a racing motorbike team or a motorbike racing team actually you know is, there's, a, there's yeah. a massive team of people behind the, the people that are put in front of the camera and uh, it's a similar situation it's just there's not just one person in front of the camera <laughs> Poor Jack was exposed as well in our montage video, wasn't he? I was having a good laugh about that. Jack, who was extremely hot in the commentary box at Thruxton this year, extremely took his shirt off. As well, and very fair, tanned. Wasn't he? Yeah, and of course, he that. forgot there was a camera in the commentary box, didn't he? He said he only realised when Amanda Hayes, our PA, screamed on the talkback, mm. oh no, there's a camera. But it was too late then. Yeah, no, what a funny, what a funny, <laughs> funny closer for the year. I mean, it's been a fantastic year and... 
yeah personally I'd like to thank you all for listening I hope you've enjoyed our podcast I know Greg waffles a load of nonsense but I'll try and I'll try and make them as interesting as possible <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Eurosport and as, as Greg said thank you to everybody that's uh, that's been a part of this year and yeah who knows what's going to happen next year if we can jump back on a bike we will if not I'd love to think that we can come back and uh, do a few more of these together books next year of course that's a bit later in the year is it not sure if I'm honest okay. um, I kind of took my eye off the ball a little bit there was such a tight deadline to get all the script in for the book and you know we worked really hard to get that done and that's now with the with the publishers so that will now be with their lawyers making sure that they're not unhappy or mm-hmm. I'm not going to get sued for some of the stuff that I've told so uh, yeah get yourself a copy of the book when it comes out because there should be a few nice stories in there final thing Jakey what about the talks has anyone got a chance still to come and see you and Matt and have a listen in where are you going to be there's a few aren't there before Christmas I think and yeah. a few planned for after Christmas if I'm not wrong well no there's one planned for after Christmas yeah. um, just because I'm going away on holiday um, <laughs> basically um but yeah, no, there's five or six that we're going to do in November, starting with Hull on the 1st of November. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the venue, but mm. uh, that one's um, that one's going to be good. And then we've got the rest of the MJK ones for this season. And then we finish off actually in uh, Gillingham Football Stadium, of all really? places, really? for the, mm. um, for the mm. final one of the sort of 2019 run, if you like. But it's going to be done in 2020, and then we'll make a plan for, for next season. We're trying to get some more... Some more venues as well, because it doesn't seem to matter where you where you host a, a, a an evening. You know, the person that lives 20 miles away wishes that the the place was hosted, that the mm. evening was hosted there. So, if we can sort of spread them out a little bit better geographically next year, I think that'll be a, a good a good thing. Well, that's it then. Scott Redding, the 29 BSB champion. There will be a full throttle Is podcast the next week. 2019 BSB champion, not the 29 champion. Did I say the 29 champion? You Sorry. The 29 do you know I did a similar so you, thing? You are Captain Stat. You should know what year it is. <laughs> it's like in the World Supersport race last week in Argentina. I said 91 laps because I read 19 and it came out of my mouth the wrong way around. It must so be. What are you saying? You are a little bit backwards. I don't know what I am. What will you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> you spent all year with me. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, Scott Reddy, congratulations. 2019 Bennett's British Superbike champion. I think I got that right. Uh, and Cheki, it's been an absolute pleasure this year. It has. We've had a good little laugh, haven't we, along the way? I think we've spoken some good sense. You have, anyway. And uh, who knows what the future will bring. I'm looking forward to more. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's been great. Cheers, Greg. See you next year and good luck getting home. <laughs>